Through the magic of the internet, we travel all the way to Hawaii to say aloha to elite series angler and reigning Bass Nation national champion, Maddie Wong, this week on... I'm Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Welcome one, welcome all to the Awkwardly Honest Fishing Podcast that goes by my last name, which is Mercer. So welcome to Mercer, which means it is Wednesday. Happy hump day. You are halfway through the week. And um, in Canada, Friday is Canada Day. And the U.S., Monday is July 4th, I believe. So big weekend, no matter what side of the border you were on. A big show. And speaking of big, you guys, I mean, I went over the top last week talking about how awesome it was to pass 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Well, at last check, the kettle still keeps boiling 107,000 subscribers so far. Unbelievable to grow 7,000 since last week's show is um, is wild. This keeps growing, and thank you. Thank you all. But um, you don't come here to hear me rattle on about our subscribers. You come here to get inside the heads of some of all of our really cool guests. I think every single guest we've ever had has been really cool, but this one's a little cooler. I mean, this one is going to be from Hawaii. That's right. Um, no, we don't have the budget to fly there or anything like that. It's just through the magic of the internet, we're going to Hawaii. But I'm excited about this week's show just because Natty Wong is somebody that before I even met him, I found myself attracted to his energy, to his positivity, to, you know, what he puts out there. And, um, man, he's he's made an impact already in the Elite Series. It's very early in his career, but um, Matty Wong is a special dude. And I don't know how his career works out. Nobody does, himself included. But, man, I'm going to tell you he's going to make an impact on this industry. He is going to make an impact on this industry one way or another, and I honestly believe he already has. So let's get inside his head, and let's travel all the way to Hawaii right now and join him right now, the one and only Matty Wong, your Bass Nation national champion from Hawaii. Maddie Wong, I have been waiting for this, waiting for this. We talked about doing this together, but but we didn't want to just do any boring old podcast, right? We waited till no you way, were man. back in Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> Como my welcome to my home. Uh, yeah, I'm stoked to to be on and and chatting with you all the way out in the middle of the Pacific. Uh, it's been really nice to be home, and you know it's uh. It's cool that we finally get to do this, man. I'm stoked. So what has being home been like for you? I mean, do people in Hawaii know what you're up to? Or is that part of the message you got to you got to spread as you're there? Um, I mean, with the days of social media, right, we have uh, the ability to kind of keep track of what everyone's up to and what everyone's doing. It's it's pretty incredible. Uh, so it's neat to come home and a lot of my friends are like, oh, bro, how's the bass fishing? And like they, they don't really understand too much about it because we really don't have a, there's not a big bass scene here, which you guys can all assume. But it's 
it's neat because I, I feel like I'm able to give them a little bit more insight on what life is like on the road and what life is like on tour. So it's, uh, it's been really cool. And, and, and uh, Hawaiian Airlines just did a feature on me in their in-flight magazine. And um, it's pretty neat, man. So it's, it's some people, even if they're like just visiting here, they're like, hey, aren't you Matty Wong, the bass guy? I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so It's been fun. It's been fun. It's pretty incredible to think how quick a lot of this has happened for you. I mean, it's not like you've been at this for decades. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super grateful and super humbled by it all. You know, it's, I never thought, um, you know, as a kid growing up here, you know, that I would ever have the opportunity to do something like this. Um, and, uh, the fact that it's my reality now is just, it still gives me goosebumps, man. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's such a cool adventure. You know, it's every, every turn in life, uh, there's something that's unexpected and, and, and oftentimes when we try and plan it out, um, life has its own plans. And uh, I, I'm just trying to be as present as I can in the front row of this roller coaster and uh, just keep my hands up and enjoy it, you know? I mean, I guess I realized I saw the passion in you very, very early on. You know, even before we even met each other, you could, you're a very passionate person. But I guess one of the moments for me where I was like, wow, this dude, I think is here for a lot, was when I met your parents at the classic and I saw how <laughs> excited they were for you. You know what I mean? And, and you can't fake that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. how the hell did you get here though? Like, when you do you ever stop? Because I, I mean, I'll be honest, as a Canadian dude that MCs, a highly Southern sport. I, I have moments <laughs> like, well, why did they hire some dude from poor Perry? Like, how did this all happen? Yeah. So I got to ask you, you have to have those moments too. Yeah. Um, definitely. You know, I think, um, you know, like, you know, oftentimes I, I'll find myself, you know, whether I'm driving, uh, through the never ending state of Texas, uh, just in, in silence and just having thought, you know, I'm like, I feel like look in the rearview mirror. I'm like, yeah, the boat's still there. I, the tundra's here. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's, it, it, it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's wild. You know, I, I never thought, well, one, it was just a, a cool like check mark for me to even make it to the nationals, um, yeah. for the Bass Nation, you know, and, and, to for me, my, my goals, I always try and set goals for myself. And, and when I was, when I was fishing the nation in California, my whole thing was, okay, if I could make the state team, I'll be stoked. And it would be wild if I can even fish the regionals, because I mean, that would just be cool in itself. And by the fate of the universe, if I end up fishing the nationals, how, even if I take last place, man, that will be an experience in itself and a story. Um, and I feel like all of our lives are stories and, and everyone has their own book. And uh, I think it, it just, it just, it just fills me with gratitude um, just to know that I can represent, uh, you know, Hawaii uh, being from here and, and having um, so much pride uh, being from uh, the islands and, uh, and also to help represent, you know, California, which kind of helped 
kind of like groomed me up in a way um, to become the bass fisherman that I am today. So it's, you know, it's cool. It's just like, you know, it, I, I wish I knew more about, I want to know more about your story, man, and how you came about to be an MC, but I mean, you're doing an incredible job and, and it's, I'm stoked that as soon as we got that interaction, um, it just, it happened seamlessly. And I feel like the way that we, uh, we interact, um, you know, off stage and on stage, it's, it's just seamless and, and so smooth and effortless. So it's, it's, it's awesome, man. You're awesome, Dave. Well, that, that's that's not why I had you on here, but thanks. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, we can get into my story at some point, but basically, dude, I'm no different than I think I'm a little different than you, though, because you did other things. You know what I mean? You you you, and we'll get into that. But for me, dude, fishing is all that it's ever been. Like I like since I run into people that I was in grade school with, and they're like. You literally did exactly what you said you were going to do. And and I didn't know that I was going to be an MC. I didn't know. I just knew I was going to fish for a living. I knew that I had to, to be part of that. Um, but you actually chased other things. I mean, I feel like yeah. you, you've got layers. You have onions. You're like an onion. You have a bunch oh, yeah. of layers. Like the, I didn't even know about the saxophone thing until the other day when I saw you playing the sax on, on your Insta oh, really? story. So. <laughs> I mean, musician, actor, professional angler, like anything else I don't know about? Um, I, I like to play uh, pool. I, I'm okay at golf. Uh, I like ping pong, but Carl Jockinson probably says that I suck. Um, <laughs> but like Carl's on a whole different level. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm obsessed with, uh, with birds it's kind of weird like uh, I grew up with parrots um, chickens uh, I have a couple chickens running around um, I mean there's I feel like life has just so many I, I think that was me like as a, as a, as a younger kid like as a, as a young man in my 20s I had so many different passions and I, I feel like in life you know the more experience and the more knowledge that you have the more of of of, of the wealth that you have and not necessarily in a monetary value, but in, in like a fulfillment in a spiritual way, in, a in, in a, in a gratitude way, there's just so many different, like you said, like an onion, right? You have all these different layers of, of gratitude that you could give and appreciation. And like, I love hockey. Oh, that's another one. I forgot to mention. Like I, I, I was, I played roller hockey growing up in Hawaii. Like when the mighty ducks came out in the nineties, I was like, I want to play that sport. <laughs> and I played, and I traveled with it. I actually, it was in year 2000 or something like that. I was on like the, the Wee all-star team for Hawaii. We traveled to Chicago for the nationals. We got our butts absolutely kicked, but like, I absolutely love hockey. And I, when I moved to California, I actually played ice for like four or five years. And so I, I, I told myself, you know, if, if I could be a jack of all trades, you know, what they say a jack of all trades is master of none but a jack of all trades is better than none right or yeah. and so it's it's it, it i feel like i'm i've lived my life or i feel like i'm living my life and i've seen so many times uh, with friends before me that you know they fall into a certain career or career path um and sometimes because because of cultural reasons it's nothing that it's not that you could have like chosen that you know where it's like hey you're going to be a doctor and like, that's just like the route that you're just brought up to do. And so I, 
I, I owe a lot of, um, you know, a lot of thanks to my parents to kind of give me the freedom to kind of just be me and uh, chase these different passions and these different dreams. But I think the thing that I learned from my parents is, is work ethic. And as long as I worked hard at everything that I w- was passionate in and, and loved to do, then it would pay off in dividends. And, and, I, and I see that, you know, now. And, and when I worked in Los Angeles, uh, you know, and when I did, when I was working as an actor, I had a lot of fun doing that. And then when I worked as like a lighting director, you know, I, I slaved at it. And, and I was really a slave to the craft and put a lot of time and effort to it. And the whole time, all of these things were going along in my life. And this whole time that hockey was there, free diving was there, fishing or, um, you know, acting or saxophone. Fishing was always the baseline. Fishing was always the thing that, that kept me like grounded. Fishing was the thing that, that kept me like, oh, okay, all right. Whether or not it was catch a release on Lake Wilson fishing for peacock bass or fishing for smallmouth in the streams here, um, or going out on my little Boston whaler and catching, um, you know, mahi mahi and small tuna and stuff for um, friends and family. You know, it's that was something like I, I, I felt like I was able to give. And whenever I'm able to give, um, it's just a good feeling. I mean, I think everyone can maybe uh, agree with that. It's like giving is a good feeling. And, and to be able to give the gift of like food, for instance, uh, yeah. like I love to be able to gift fish to friends. You know, I have neighbors here whenever I like get a great catch and I, I have a good fish that I can flay up and hook everyone up with. I, I try my best to do that because I, I know the joy that people get from um from receiving fish and 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 that and that kind of thing and for some of the people that just can't go out and do it for themselves anymore um but yeah it it was i I struggled to to have divine focus and i think that that's something that um you know as a young man i was it it troubled me because i'm like man I, i have all these different passions i don't know which like which route do I want to spend more time in? Like what would be the most lucrative? Um, you know, what would be the most f- fulfilling? There's all these things that you want to check off, but you want to make sure that you know, like, is, is this the right time and investment? And, and then obviously naturally you start comparing yourself to other, uh, other people, other things, other careers and whatnot. And um, I've been super, gr- super lucky to have a group of friends that, you know, as we progress through life, we all are leveling up and we all constantly remind ourselves like, Hey, what are you doing to be better today? You know, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you know, and we, and whenever one of us levels up in a way we celebrate them. And, um, I think it's important to have that, that friend group. And I think everyone does have a certain level of that. Um, but you know, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's wild. Life is a, a crazy, crazy thing. And I'm stoked to be fishing for a living. <laughs> and just like it, you said, you know, just like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, my, I guess my dream when I was a little kid, there was a local show. I mean, a- along with the master that you recently got to work with and the guy that I got to meet for the very first time, Bill Dance. Um, you know, I, I used to watch his show every weekend, you know, with my dad and, and I, I thought that that was, it was, he had the bloopers going, 
he had the informative side going and it was i enjoyed watching that so much and i told like, there was a couple other shows on in, in hawaii um locally like there's this one fishing tales with mike sakamoto and um he, he inspired me you know it I, I seen how you know he helped inspire young kids i seen how he was super informative and then he was also entertaining and so i was i think my mom remembers when i was like a little kid saying like yeah i want to have my own fishing show eventually and i was like probably like eight years old or something like that so i mean it's i feel like i'm still kind of growing towards that direction i think that's that's still kind of a lifelong dream of mine because um you know as much as uh, the media likes to portray the the limelight of the tour life, it's it is a hustle. Yeah, and it is definitely definitely a grind. Um, I've never fished sixty hours a week um, <laughs> leading up to this. You know, I've, I've I, it's a lot a lot a lot of time away from home, away from family and friends. Um, and, and then on top of that, the competition is extremely grueling. Um, and so I'm taking it as this time to, to grow as an experience um, and to meet people. And I, and I think it's, it's served all those things so far. And I'm excited to just, you know, keep going, obviously, as long as it's fun. Um, and I think that's the main thing, because as soon as it becomes a job, it's no longer fun. And when it's no longer fun and enjoyable while you're doing it um and so i think that that's something that maybe everyone can kind of take away is enjoy what you're doing and i yeah. understand and everyone has bills bills and things like that and in the the rigors of life um but there's still ways to to make it enjoyable for yourself and so i want to make sure that being on tour is still enjoyable yeah. Uh, do, you, yeah do you think that's one thing area that parents like and obviously you've great parents but do you think that's one area where kind of people screw up, like everybody tells him my, and my parents were the same. I mean, they were dreamers. They left Ireland, you know, to, to move to Canada for nothing other than us kids. You know what I mean? To give us a better opportunity. And yeah. they were dreamers, but they always were like, you know, follow your dreams, but you got to be responsible and you got to get a good job and everything. And I remember my mom, literally my mom would bring home like newspaper clippings, because that was before people.com before you get a job through that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and she'd be like this gas station. Hiring. Yeah. She wouldn't care. Like she, she she's like, you're going to make $13,000 a year. But, it, but to her, she's a mother. And as a father myself, I get it. You just want your kid to be safe. But I've always kind of been under the belief that tell your kid to do something that makes them really happy. Cause if they do, they're going to become really good at it because they're happy. It, it, do you think that's kind of one of the mistakes? And do you think that's maybe why you started chasing things like a lighting director and things like that? Because yeah, as yeah. you age, you know, you do start to feel like, well, I need to, I need to do make as much as I possibly can. And security. Yeah. It's the comfort, the, the, the security and the, the blanket of comfort. And uh, also, what was the other term in Hollywood? Uh, golden handcuffs, we, we, we like to call it. <laughs> the when, golden handcuffs. The golden handcuffs, because the money's so good, you're locked in. And, um, you know, that, that's, you're, 
you're exactly right, man. That was totally the case for me uh, working in Los Angeles because I was I was working as a you know as an actor, a starving musician, just trying trying to break like if I can make rent and like just enough. I, I wasn't really going out to eat anything like that. I was literally trying to save everything just so I can just take care of my basic bills. Um, and then when I started working as a lighting director and as a photographer, I'm like. Oh, I mean, I enjoy photography and like light's cool. Like I, I, I enjoy like the, the, the concept of light and being able to shape it and mold it. I'm like, all right, this is cool. I'm like, wait, what's the paycheck involved with it? I'm like, oh, okay, that's really great. And then it just got <laughs> to the point where I'm like, this is comfortable. Like I can go out and eat whenever I want. I can take a week or two off whenever I want. I run my own business. I choose my clients that I want to work with. I get to work with celebrities and actors and musicians that I've always looked up to. Like, this is a cool, cool space. And in that complacency, I was also spending a lot of money. Yeah. Being frivolous, you know. Living where you were living, too. A lot of. I mean, that's one well, of the most yeah, expensive well, states was, in the world to live in, too. Yeah. No, California, especially in Los Angeles, it was it was brutal. You know, I, and before pandemic, obviously, it was expensive. But then during it, um it just became more and more apparent to me that, you know, you're not happy in your day to day. And that's really important. And I started, I, I never understood what like depression was. And I, it, cause it was something I never, I'm, I'm a happy person. Yeah. Like I never like struggle. I never struggled with it or anything like that. But I, I, I started to feel this kind of like this cloud of like of gloom. And I'm like, man, I'm usually a more positive person. Like, I don't know why this is just like, I'm dragging my feet to get going every day. I'm, I'm begrudgingly going to work, showing up on set. And I'm like, man, like, I can't wait to go and practice up on the Delta and sleep in the back of my forerunner for that three day fast nation tournament, you know, like, and I just started thinking about all the times that I wanted to be out on the water and and then I was watching like local guys like like Todd Klein um, and, you know, Ken Ma and like a lot of guys from out west, you know, um, my buddy Christian Ostrander, you know, you have and I can go on for millions of days for all the all the, the names that are that all these guys that inspired me. But I was seeing that they were making a living fishing tournaments. And it was interesting to me because I'm like, all right, OK, I, there's a route there. I, I'm I can see how I can. Like that, that's something, but I also realized that in a space that you need to win the right ones. Yeah. And there's like a bit of, you know, as much as it comes down to skill and tactic, it also, there's lady luck also has to be on your side to a certain extent. And, um, you know, I, I, I remember thinking to myself when I was putting in my strokes on a Delta, you know, learning how to punch, learning how to flip, learning how to frog. I was like, man, I wonder if all this time on the Delta will pay off to something, like I remember like actually having that thought in my head, like, I, cause I, I was still, I, I had my job as a lighting director and I would take off a week and I would shoot up to the Delta and I would spend a whole week on the Delta sunrise to sunset. And I wasn't fishing tournaments at the time. I wasn't doing any, I, I had, you know, all the old electronics that I had and I was going off my phone, my iPhone for my topo map to try and see like, okay, I'm going to fish this stretch and I'm going to try and break it down during this tight swing. And then when it's, when it, swings out i'm gonna try and figure it out doing this like i'm gonna do these kind of techniques and whatnot 
and I just, I, like, I'm very, very distinctively remember, man. Like, I don't know what this is all for, but I'm having fun doing it. And like, I'm not getting paid right now, but Hey, like, I hope this pays off somewhere. And it's just funny on how life goes, you know, and how it, how it works out. And when I made the regionals and I got one step closer to the nationals, I was like, you get those like weird feelings. Like you're like, man, like how crazy would that be? And you don't want to entertain it too much because, you know, uh, checking expectation is always important, but you want to make sure that you're like, you don't, cause you don't want to let get let down. And in Hollywood, you get let down all the time. Like as an actor, as a musician, like I can't tell you how many gigs that I've, and, and I'm, I'm sure you've experienced the exact same thing where you get like built up and you're stoked because it's like a great payday and it's a great client. It's a great show. It's a great um, movie. And then like literally on the last audition or, or the last call, they're like, oh, well, we didn't like your hair color. So we're going to have to go another, another way. We really appreciate your time. You know, <laughs> so it's like the feeling of letdown and disappointment is always there. And so, you know, as I was inching closer and then when I like I led day one of the regionals and I was like, well, if I just catch a couple more fish, I, I think I'll be able to compete in the nationals. And, and then when that happened on the second day, I was, I was pretty like, I was like, okay, well, that's one more step. And then I still, I looked at the top of the mountain, uh, the figurative mountain of, of the dream. Right. And I'm like, wow, well, it's still alive. I wonder, uh, I wonder what, I wonder what can, what, what can happen, you know, and just try to stay like, oh, okay. Again, being in the moment and not, not trying to overtly get excited about what could be, you know, I, I, and that's when, all right, let me just keep hustling in, in, in the photo world. And that's when, you know, COVID really started to set in and it started to, it, it just, everyone went through it and the, the taxing, the taxing uh, rigors of, having to do production in the co in the, in the time of COVID, yeah. you know, with, I, I've, I've probably taken close to a hundred COVID tests um, and, and having to do, you know, just all these different protocols for, for, for production in, in Hollywood. And, and it was really starting to wear on me. Um, not only that, but actually catching COVID a few times, but <laughs> I'm like, man, all right, well, I think I need to get up to Ventura and that's when I decided to make the move up there. And I had a couple of friends uh, and one of my good friends from Hawaii actually moved up to Ventura. And it was like the, I feel like life will throw you these like signals or these, these little clues once in a while that just like these inklings that you get that are like, okay, this is the right direction. My buddy's like, Hey, you should check out these couple spots that I, you know, that I found online in Ventura. And I, I start going through a couple of them and I see this one and I can tell that the photos online were just horrible lighting, but the space <laughs> itself was great. And so I'm like, okay, this is great. Cause everyone's going to look past this thing. Cause it's like, obviously the photos are trash. Sorry. Holding for chicken. You're, you're hey guys, good. come on. I'm trying to do a, I'm trying to do a podcast here. Come on. Can you go, go lay some eggs somewhere, please? Um, but like it, uh, it, it turned out, um, where I went and, um, I looked at this one spot and my, my buddy, he told me, he's like, Hey, are you checking out? That's uh, like one of those spots. I'm like, yeah, this place on Meta street. He's like, dude, we just signed a lease on Meta. 
And so it turned out that one of my best friends from Hawaii signed the lease on the same route, on the same road that I was looking at. And I ended up getting that place. And that just gave me this, the feeling of gloom of like that LA, like gloom of, of, of everything in COVID and, and, and just the work that I was doing. And I wasn't feeling fulfilled. Yeah. Um, and finally getting to Ventura, like I, I felt like this, like fresh breath of air where it brought me back into a sense of like having community again. It brought me back in a sense of like, okay, I have like a little bit more purpose here because as a lighting director, I was, I was helping other people achieve their dreams. If that makes sense. You know, I would have, I would have photographers come to me and they're like, Hey, I don't know how to do this, but I, I landed this gig. Like, do you know how to do this? And I'm like, yeah, I got you, you know? And it's, it's funny because a lot of people have no clue, like behind the scenes, they look at this image and they know they, they heard that this guy shot it and they're like, Oh my God, he's an amazing photographer or she's amazing a photographer. And they don't realize that it takes the whole crew to do everything. And most of the time it's not even them doing all the technical work. And, uh, and so it was starting to drain on me because I'm like, I knew that they were making tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars, but you know, in comparison. And, and I was like, all right, yeah, good shooting text. <laughs> and like, I'm like, if it wasn't for me, this wouldn't be here and you wouldn't have had that campaign, you know, but, and it, it was starting to beat me up because I was like, I'm not really following my dream here. I'm just being complacent because of these golden handcuffs, you know, it's like, and the only reward is money, right? Like if you chase money, like not to drop a Bob Marley quote, but I will numbers never end. And if you chase a number, (laughs) chase money, you will never find satisfaction. And it's true. Like if you think about most of truly, and I think what happens, dude, here's my take on it is people get into a job and there's a lot of people listening to this and and they do that job and they and they're told hey man if you work real hard you'll get this next level of job and then there's one after that and that and they just keep working and they're like when i become assistant director i'll be happy and they get there and they're like yeah Yeah. i'm not oh well when i become vp i'll be happy and they get there and they're not because they've never been chasing what brought them happiness in the first place so i think what you went through is natural. I just think most people don't verbalize it or even have the balls to go and try make a change. Yeah. Well, it's terrifying, right? Yeah. When you leave that like blanket of comfort, when you leave the when you when you take the key for the golden handcuffs to go. Rah, <laughs> like, ah, okay. And then you're floating in this in this like in this universe of like uh all right okay i think this is the direction and um and uh it's i mean it's it's just it's nuts on how life will then kind of push you back in in a way and as long as you stay on the horse and you keep your, your your blinders on and what's important to you and and where you find happiness and it will find ways to work itself out. And, and I'm super grateful for, you know, what I did in Los Angeles. Like I, yeah. I experienced extreme, extreme hardship. I, I extreme, like I experienced uh, the pandemic there and I, I experienced having to learn how to collaborate and work with people and also running my own business and all the struggles uh, behind that. But it, it really made me super appreciative of when the, 
when I brought that bag up at the nationals and put it on the scales and when Kobe Carden told me that he didn't have the weight, I, I wanted to hear it out of John Stewart's mouth. And when he said it, you know, I, I, it was like that. It was a moment that like, it's unforgettable moment, man. It just like flush my whole body. And it, it was surreal and I was speechless. And I knew that uh, with that day, my, my life has changed. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I remember he asked me on stage, like if I was going to fish the, the, you know, the tour and in my head, I was like, there's no other option. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's no, there's no other option. Like, I, there's, I would, there's no way, you know, that I would miss out on that. And, um, and that's, that's when I knew that my work had started. I'm yeah. like, okay, now it's actually time to, time to grind. And, um, and I, and I think with my experience in photography, with my experience in the marketing space and being an entertainer, um, and a performer, I knew like, okay, I think this is now I know my, like my business sense behind me. I'm like, okay, now, now it's time to, to fund this thing because there's no way I'm going to go into and max out five credit cards yeah. just to make this dream a reality, you know? And I think, I think that's a whole nother conversation, but like, you know, the, the costs behind trying to do working on, you know, doing the tour yeah, and, and, and being a professional fisherman. Um, but I have incredible, incredible partners um, and sponsors that I work with and I'm super, super grateful for all of them because um, they, they gave me a chance, you know, they, they, they took, they took a gamble on some kid from Hawaii um, to, to chase his dream. And, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm doing them all justice and making them proud slowly and surely. Hopefully I keep climbing the ranks. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty nuts, man. I just like, I never thought that like, like a pair of sunglasses that I would have like bought of bought before, or, like, you know, or like, like, yeah, Eddie stuff that I would have, you know, it's, it, I mean, these are all things, but it's funny when you get to that level and, and the things start coming, they, they're of a lesson. They're still important, but it's like a, there's like a, a paradigm shift. Yeah. In a way. It's like, okay, this is my job now. These are my tools. Now I need to go and like dig that garden because we need to like make that thing flourish. Yeah. So it's, yeah. What did, what did, um, cause I've only spent, weeks there i have never lived there but what what does living in la and interacting with celebrities on a daily basis and how did that change your way of thinking good bad or indifferent um you, you definitely have to watch every p and q that comes out of your mouth um certain people want to be addressed in a certain way like ll cool j like his name's Todd. He wants to be called Todd. <laughs> like, it's like there's. It's so weird to call him Cool J. Todd. Hey Todd, here's your coffee. Yeah, I'm like, I, yeah, it was the funniest thing. And I, I got to work with him for two years on on a show called Lip Sync Battle on Spike TV, and it was okay. like him and Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, and and um and so like Todd and I became like you know it was uh, like this on set you know friendship where I would just yeah. I would give him music 
you know, that because being a saxophonist, I'm like, dude, Carl Dents in Tiny Universe. He's like, whoa, that's awesome. Here, check this out. And he would like throw me some old school hip hop. And I would just, we would like have this like fun little trade. And then you, you see how a lot of these people, uh, and, and it's not for everyone, obviously. There's certain there's certain celebrities that are they're very present and they know their their position and they're grateful for it and they they understand their platform and then they use it for good. And then you have other people that like like the Kardashians that like their head is so far up and gone that their that their universe that they live in is only a reality that that it's a bubble like like Paris Hilton is another one like that like she lives and operates in this little universe that is only hers and everyone else is trying to peer in at it and what she's trying to like or what they're trying to put like project and I'm, I'm not going to use specifics so I don't get in yeah, yeah because technically of course still in the industry kind of like, <laughs> but like it's like people will look in and be like oh my gosh like that's so cool and glamorous but at the end of the day, like a lot of these people struggle with like pretty severe depression. Yeah. And, uh, well, think about if all your value is, is that like, I mean, if your value is just beauty and beauty is such a fleeting thing for anyone, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And just Mm -hmm. different. You, I, I think it, that's why I asked that question, not looking just for for specifics, but I just, anytime I've spent there, I'm just like, how could you, how could you like it's not real like nothing is real everything's fake you're judged on what you wear you're judged on what you arrived in you're judged on you know what your last hit was and if it wasn't a hit you're also judged on that too it's just such a weird kind of plastic world it's strange because i've learned i learned living there i met some incredible friends that i have lifelong friends now in Los Todd. Angeles and in California. It, 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 yeah, Todd. <laughs> um, where if I were to see him, he'd be like, Maddie? Like, you know, it'd be like so confusing for him. He'd be so- <laughs> um, but like it, you, you know, and like the, like I, like I did surf coaching for a little bit with some celebrities and like David Beckham and, and his family was like my clients. And, and so David and like Victoria are, they're also, you know, I wouldn't, I don't like to call them, friends because I'm not like having tea with Victoria, but like, you know, they know who I am. I know who they are and, and I know their kids and um, watch them kind of grow up. And it's, I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, they, again, I was, I was um, a soldier in this, in this reality uh, of trying to, you know, help the machine push forward. Yeah. And the and and if I'm figuratively using that, it, it, the machine is Hollywood and entertainment, and your your main stars, like your your, are the generals and admirals of of this of this play, right? And like they're the ones that are leading this charge of like what they want to be doing. Along with it's more so like the studio conglomerates and whatnot, but it's uh you feel like a pawn in a way but a well-paid pawn yeah. once you get to a certain point um and it like it does feel really really good to step out and then to look back and and to be like wow i i survived the gauntlet you know and and made a lot of really cool 
memories for myself. Like I, you know, to look back and like, it's crazy. Walk into a house party and like, there's a, like, there's a shark tank, like literally like a literal tank full of sharks. You're like, how Matt Robertson has those in his house too. Just so you know, Matt Robertson hasn't. No, he doesn't really. Imagine if you walked into Matt Robertson's trailer and there's a giant shark tank. I mean, I don't know whether I'd be I'd be impressed, but I might just. He spends all all of his money in this <laughs> into feeding his shark. <laughs> it's like his it's like his trailer and his shark tank. And you walk in, it's like his like it's like a, a roll of Twinkies and like his like shark tank. I mean, I, I bet but, you he could sell it. He could sell it. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's a weird world. I, I could imagine walking in to see some of the stuff that you saw over the years. Yeah, no, it's cool. You know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it up for anything because, you know, I got an inside scoop of, you know, of their lives and a lot of like them personally. And, um, and I still have a lot of friends that are in the industry and it's just, I'm, I respect what they do. It is a grind. It is a really, yeah. really hard grind. And you have to have a type of mental fortitude to be able to be in that as well. Because a lot of people go in with, and they come in with their eyes wide open, all starry eyed. They're like, Oh, I'm going to go here and crush it. And like that was me. You know, I was like, I want to be like this actor, like saxophonist guy. And then you just get smashed to the ground because everyone around you is so talented. And you're just another drop in the bucket at that point. And it's just how you recreate yourself to pull yourself out of that bucket and to like push yourself and reinvent yourself in a way that you're like, okay, that just made me stronger versus a lot of people will flee. Like yeah. there's a lot of people from Hawaii that, that I know that have moved out to, to LA to try and experience it and to live it and they get swallowed up and then they're like, oh, screw this. I'm out of here. Yeah. And it's again, it's, it's not for everyone. And a lot of my friends back home were like, bro, I can't believe you lasted for that long. And I'm like, it wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't a walk in the park. You know, I, I struggled a lot and, and I would have to come home a lot too, to get regrounded because you get lost in certain things. You know, you start like buying more things and, and things become more materialistic. You know, you're just like, Oh yeah, that, you know, Oh, that new surfboard or like that new, you know, like whatever, you know, and you just, you kind of get caught up and because it's what you're surrounded by. And then you come back to a place like, here like back to oahu and they're like bro like what like they don't even like understand like it doesn't even like it, there's no comprehension of it and that, that's what i needed was you know my friends to always check me um which you know again i'm just super grateful to have amazing friends and we've all been able to kind of keep each other in check all right let's fast forward to the bassmaster elite series you qualify win bass nation dreams come true you qualify for the Bassmaster Elite Series. And I feel like what you were just explaining about L.A. is exactly what the Elite Series is to a lot of guys. Like, if you look at the Johnstons, yeah. I mean, they were a big yeah. deal in Canada. They win. They still, to this day, win most of the tournaments. Yeah. But all of a sudden, they came to the Elite Series, and they're like, whoa, there's a bunch of big deals here. Seth Fighter, yeah. you hear, oh, like, yeah. I mean, week after week, yeah. everybody I have on this podcast, Pat Schlopper, last week, no, Pat. He, yeah. But uh, if you read through the comments, there's people who are like, I used to fish against him. He would cave our skull in week after week. And that's what the Elite mm -hmm. Series is full of. And then you get there and you're like, wait a second, there is more people like me. And this has just gotten a lot harder. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of like LA. I guess that's about the only comparison you could make between the Elite series and LA. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like you obviously you have like like the like Jason Christie's and the Hackney's and um the fight like fighter, you know, and you have like like Brennan and and Carl and you know, all these like sl- for me it's like celebrities, you know, in in the fishing world, guys that have immense popularity and uh, an immense amount of skill. And obviously it's super daunting to go up against all those guys. Um, but I also, for me, now I'm just like, all right, I'm here. And, you know, I'm trying. Yeah. And, and I'm trying my best and that's, and that's all I can do. And, and whether I succeed or I fail, at least I tried. And, you know, it's so, so gratifying when I do beat them. <laughs> it's just like, nom, nom, nom. like it tastes so good. And like, like when Chikomago and I like, like brought in that bag, like, and you know, it's, it, you get recognized for certain people, like after you do something cool, because otherwise they don't even talk to you, you know? And not to say that they're, they're not friendly, but they're just like, yeah, whatever rookie, you know? Uh, and but until you actually are able to change turn their heads um i don't know it's a it's an interesting world you know i I, i'm not like there's certain people that hold like a certain persona about them and and i don't know if it's because they've been in it for so long and they feel like they're like entitled to whatever they are then like and it's like like, okay there's your there's your similarity between la and, and and the elite series is you know this this feeling of like entitlement, you know, but, you know, at the same time, I'm like, bro, we're all here. We all qualified for this thing. And realistically it's, it's anyone's game. And so all you can just do is just be nice. (laughs) Just, yeah, just be nice. And uh, so I don't know. I think I, I, I don't, my, my time on the elites is, is, to one enjoy myself as much as I can to be as present in this, in this moment and on tour as I can um, to document it um, as, as best as I can and share it on, uh, on my YouTube, uh, which is capture fish. If you guys haven't subscribed, please subscribe to capture fish, turn on notifications. Yeah, do that. And we'll also put a link down in the description. So we'll give a direct link. Make sure you follow it. He freaking spending time no, in Hawaii but, you know, talking to a computer for you people. He, that deserves a follow. Okay. <laughs> there's a lot of other crap he could yeah, be doing. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. There's waves, right? There's, there's waves right now. And I, actually after this, I'm going to go straight to the beach and go surf, but it's, um, you know, it's, it, again, it's, it's an opportunity that not many people get. And I know there's thousands of people that would love to be in my same position and um, I'm here as a steward of Aloha to represent where I'm from. I'm here as uh, to represent the West Coast and all my friends that have dreamed of doing this, that have done it way longer than I have. And I'm just so grateful and lucky that it all happened for me um, so quickly. And so I, and there's a lot, you know, and then at the end of the day for myself, you know, for, for me to look back and, and to, to say like, dang, dude, that was a pretty fun, fun part of life, you know? And, and so, yeah, it's, it's a roller coaster, man. 
And, and just like you said, like, it's either like my lights are like, I'm knocking them out and my lights are on or like, there's no lights on at all. It's a trip, you know, it it's uh, well, who do you room with? I mean, do you room with several different people or you, you kind of a guy who sleeps around? I don't know if you have. Uh, maybe that was wrong way to phrase it, but um, <laughs> you, I know you've roomed with several different people. Is that because you don't get along or you just <laughs> what is the out? What, who are you rooming with? No, I, um, you know, I'm I'm grateful that a lot of people have extended um, uh, their welcome to me uh, for for rooms. You know, like when I first when I first started in, in Florida, where Ronnie Moore, you know, reached out and, and his parents took me in. Um, that was really neat. And, and a lot of other people just maybe not even on tour in general, but people in the fishing world that have seen me come up through the ranks and be like, oh, I want to help you, you know? And so it's, I want to find a, like a, a close knit like group. I feel like, uh, Iconelli and I, um, have been getting closer and that I'm is so grateful. weird. You literally, yeah. it's like the scene from happy Gilmore. He's happy Gilmore, obviously. And you are the center yeah. of plum. The ball's natural. The yeah. whole, <laughs> whole is the, is the whole send it home. Happy. Tap, yeah. tap, yeah. Uh, how did, what did tap, you guys tap, talk tap, about at night? Like you and I can Ellie just, it seems so like I could just imagine him kicking through the door, spazzing about something. And then you're like, find your happy place. <laughs> like, like, like here, like, like here, here, here's a Modelo. Let's let's sit down. Let's talk about it. Uh, is he's he, he's an incredible guy, you know. And, and when he you is. get to know him on a personal level, he he isn't what you know what a lot of people see him like yeah. on on the screen. He's actually really calm, um, really relaxed, really chill. Yeah, he has his times. <laughs> he definitely does. Um, but that's what makes I. Like, you know, yeah. that's what makes him unique and special. And so for me, I, I try not to judge someone um, by, you know, uh, how they may be perceived, but how they treat me and how Always. they treat others. And and as long as they've done nothing wrong to me personally and nothing wrong to my friends, then we don't have any issues. And um, all I've seen Ike do has been supportive and um, give back to the community. Uh, other guys like Greg De Palma, I met through Ike. Um, Greg is like, he's been super, super awesome. Um, John Kelly, another rookie on tour. Uh, we've been uh, developing a friendship and, you know, he's been super awesome. Uh, you know, like this, uh, the past event on, um, on Pickwick, we roomed together. Um, and, uh, I've, I've roomed with Ike a couple of times. I, I roomed, well, that was my first time rooming with John. And then I've roomed with, um, uh, on Chickamauga, I roomed with uh, Carl let me stay in his garage uh, and Gussie slept in, in the camper out back. Uh, so super grateful to, to Carl um, for opening his home to me. And, um, you know, it's, it's neat on where you see it's like, it's in Hollywood, like we're, we're, we're like comparing the elites to like Hollywood and LA in a way. Cause it's like, it's clicky. It's yeah. like high school, <laughs> you know? And it, it's like, you know, like a uh, fighter and, and like the Johnson brothers and like Robinson, you know, and then you have like, you have like the Pipkins with, 
um, you know, with the Palma and Ike and, and, and then you have, you know, Christy who's doing his own thing. And then you have, you know, but everyone kind of, it's, it's, it's interesting how you have like, there's certain people that talk, talk and, and work as groups, you know, and how like Carl and, 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 and Gussie work together. Um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm trying to, to find the happy medium because it, to be able to take on a lot of these fisheries, it's such an overwhelming task. And, you know, for a lot of people that grew up on the fishery, even for them, they're like, yeah, I have all this history here, but like, I'd still struggle, you know, and imagine being me, I've literally never been on the water there. And I've, you know, most of the time, first time ever in the state. Um, It's, it's nice to be able to bounce some ideas and even like, so that, that's why, like, for, for instance, like for Mike, it's been so awesome to be able to bounce certain things off of him because you'd be like, yeah, historically, you know, a check, you know, a top, one of the top 10 is going to come out of here, here and here. And then like some of the guys are going to go and do this. Some of the guys are doing this, you know, like it. it and so it, it's kind of, it's cool because then I get the history lesson um, about the fishery and then I can go in with, with my glasses on and, and to be able to, to, to look at it in a different way and to try and figure out and decode it in the way that I feel comfortable doing it. Um, you, you know, like, like fork, for instance, you know, like everyone like going into it, everyone's like, dude, it's going to be an offshore deal. And it, it, it basically turned into kind of that, but then a lot of guys, you know, cash checks yeah. fishing shallow. Um, and uh, it, it, it's, it was neat because, you know, some people were like, dude, it's, this thing is going to be one offshore. And I tried to do it. I, I, I tried to figure it out. I'm still trying to get better at my electronics. So, and I, I feel like Pickwick, I learned a lot about my electronics there, but on fork, I was still kind of like trying to really dial in certain things, but I didn't want to rely on it. Again, I, I come from a place where I don't rely on my electronics. I don't, I don't put a lot of weight on that. I, cause I feel like, if you do, sometimes you can crumble. Yeah. And I want, I wanted to fish instinctually and uh, like Chickamauga, I just like, you know, I, I wanted to go out and just fish and do my thing. And so I just like literally glued a top water in my hand and just had so much fun on fork and ended up, you know, with that 27 pound bag. Um, and so that was, that was really neat. And, you know, when, when you have other people um, that you can bounce ideas off with, it kind of gives you it's and it's not like i mean i think some of the guys that some of the teams they obviously share spots um and they'll share waypoints with each other um and com, like for community holes yeah. and, and whatnot but then um like just on like on more general broad strokes i feel like it's great because then i could bounce off and and confirm certain yeah. things maybe certain theories that i have in my head of going like what's going on and and to be able to like sometimes like pick up like oh do that yeah I was, yeah I, I pegged the quarter rounds and like I was throwing it with this and I'm like oh okay well I was I was getting bites doing this and like oh all right and then like from there you can kind of like work together and to to have something that, that works for both of you and it's it's especially fun when you're staying in a house and 
you want to make sure everyone makes a cut. Yeah. And so like there, there, there becomes that camaraderie uh, that's really enjoyable. Like it was awesome when, you know, we all uh, like on Chickamauga where Carl made top 10 and like Gussie killed it. And like, uh, I made a check and missed top 10 by ounces. You know, it was that, that was really neat to be like, Hey dude, we, we, we hit the goal as a house. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still feeling my way through um, kind of, uh, feeling out some people and like who who are more accepting to an island boy like myself and other people that are a little bit more nose up to me um that i don't have the time for i don't care you know and and yeah i get that um not everyone is like super like oh welcome you know like there's other people like wow oh, like what are you doing here you know i get that vibe from a, a few guys on tour and i'm not gonna name names but it's I'm like, well, that's completely unnecessary, but I'm also not going to let you get to me. I'm actually going to laugh at it because I know if I'm laughing at it, it's just going to bug them even more. So I'm like, I don't, I don't, it's just life's too short to, uh, to get caught up in in BS and, um, and, and drama. And I just want to surround myself with positive people that appreciate who I am um, and appreciate the sport and appreciate friendship because I mean, at the end of the day, like what's life without friends. And, and it, I think the, the, the guy who, who ends his life, you know, with a, a full bank account, but no one around him is broke. Yeah. Uh, versus someone who ends their life and is surrounded by friends um, and people that love them and, and care about them um, because of the experiences that they shared and, and the things that they've gone through. Um, you live a life of riches. So I don't know. Just trying to find a balance. I think it's totally true. It's about finding a balance. Yeah. I think it's totally true. I mean, I've always kind of said that the worst thing, and I'll change the occupation because I don't want, I remember being at somebody's funeral years ago. And I remember someone saying, man, he was a great marketer. He was a great marketer. I remember thinking that is the worst thing I've ever heard somebody say, not that being a great marketer, but like the person's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. If you shouldn't even, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, even if you're a professional angler, there's so many things that are mentioned. Like, yeah. I mean, we lost one of the most beloved anglers, professional anglers ever, you know, in this last year, Aaron Martins. Yeah. Nobody, they talk about so mm-hmm. many things before they ever say what he did with the rod because mentioned fishing, just your job. And, and, you know, you want yeah. to be able to affect people and affect people positively. And dude, I think you do that. Like, I think you really, I mean, I've used okay. you as an example a bunch of times. I'm like, you've made an impact in a very short period of time. And it's because of that positive outlook. You know what I mean? It's real easy when you have a tough one to hang your head, but man, every time you have a microphone, every time there's a live camera, it's similar to, and I've used it. I've told you this before Carl. I mean, I always said that about Carl long before Carl won. Anytime Carl had any opportunity, you know, to talk on a microphone, to have a live camera, whether it went good or bad, you fell in love with him. You know what I mean? The viewers oh, yeah. watched and they oh, were like yeah. impacted and it built. And uh, I think you're very much that way. I mean, uh, you, you, uh, and Thanks, I think man. our sport needs it. You know, I think it's awesome that, that a kid in Hawaii right now can look at somebody and be like, there's a route. There's a kid in Canada that can look at 
at several people. You know what I mean? And this was this wasn't things that there's just, all the kids in Australia. They can look at Carl, you know, that, that these were not things that happened in the past. And I think the international yeah. growth of the sport is pretty freaking badass. No, I agree, man. I can't, I can't agree anymore. I, I think that it's, it's so important to grow our sport in a way where people feel safe and, and, and can feel like they have a route in and they feel like they're accepted into the community. Uh, and I think, you know, like whatever background you come from, um, it, wherever you're, whatever country you're from, if you have a passion in fishing, that, that to me, it's like music. Music is like an international language, right? It's, it's the universal language, I should say, is music. And for me, fishing is that. Yeah. I have friends in, in Spain, Portugal, in, in Japan, in Korea, you know, because of fishing. And I think that that's so cool. Uh, and it's such a unique sport that it can, you know, draw people from everywhere. And like you were saying earlier, like now I, there's kids in Hawaii that feel like there's a route. There's a, a tournament going on on Pickwick right now which is the high school national or no, I think it's a world worldwide championship or something like that going on on Pickwick. And there's two boys, Talon and cash from the Island of Kauai that are competing there right now. And that in itself makes me so happy because my last break a couple months ago, I was able to fly over to Kauai and, and to be able to hang out with them and fish with them for a day and to just be you know, like, hey, boys, like, there's a way to do it, man. And you guys can do it. If you guys love this and you're, you know, you want to put in work and, and you're ate up by it, bro, there's a route. And, I, and I'm here to help you guys. And it was, it, it, it made me feel fulfilled when they reached out to me. They're like, bro, we're having an issue. We can't find a boat. Like, no one, like, there's no places that rent bass boats. I'm like, yeah, you're not going to find bass boat rentals, but, but, I was like, you know what? And this is when I come in because of my platform. It's like, hey, I put a, I put a, I put a message out there. I'm like, hey, there's a couple of boys from Kauai that that need your help and that want the same opportunity just just to be able to compete. And and I had a slew of messages of people come in from the community and say, hey, they're welcome to my boat. And like, I'm you know I'm here. Uh, I'm a couple hours from here. And and. Sure enough, literally like within the day, I was able to find them a boat and now they're fishing their first, like the first ever Hawaii kids fishing a high school bass tournament. And I feel like I I was a part of that. And so that like, that's so rewarding for me. And, And it's so important because if I can help a kid feel like they can accomplish like any type of dream. Like I was a dreamer. That was me. I was, I was a little kid that had these like big, crazy, I wanted to play in the NHL. <laughs> Bro, look how skinny I am. <laughs> like, like you kidding? I, 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 I had these crazy dreams and, and, you know, now being able to kind of like narrow them down and, and, and to be able to actually live a dream of mine, like fishing professionally you know, to be able to inspire, you know, like the next generation to like, look, if you, again, if you work hard and you're, and you love what you do, anything's possible. And don't let anyone put any, any negative crap into your head that you can't, because if there's a will, there's a way as cliche as it sounds, it really is. And if you're willing in to put in the hard work and the time you can make it happen. And so. 
Amen. I think that's the cool thing about. <laughs> and it's it's the yeah, truth though, I mean, and I, and I think that most people don't take it because they you know like you want you have to hate the fact of it not happening. Like the, it's not even a dream. It's like a nightmare of it not happening for you. That's how hard. Because I think a lot of people say, "Oh, I tried." It, it, you, the yeah. only way to stop trying is is if you, like the only way it ends is if you stop trying. And as long as you're because you see yep. people over and over again, so I. I I appreciate what you bring to the sport. And the best part is I think you're just getting started, dude. I think you have an incredible future yeah. ahead of you and I look forward to seeing how it goes. But speaking of looking forward to things, the whole idea behind this was we're going to do this podcast. Yeah. You were going to be in Hawaii. And then the problem is yeah. technology did not allow us to be, you were, you were out in the backyard there and it was gorgeous and everything. So yeah, take yeah. us for a tour because if we lose you, we lose you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been awesome having you on here. Okay. Make sure to follow him, but take yeah. us for a tour. Um, and and dude, before sure. just in case we do lose you, you got to come back on here because uh, yeah. you know, just every oh, once in a course. while, just for Matty Wong's motivational moment or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, no, uh, dude, uh, seriously, I love listening to it. Awesome, no awesome. man, I it was it was a pleasure talking with you, and 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 hopefully I don't lose you as I I, I show you guys my backyard. All right, um, and. Uh, this is Rosie. Let's say hi to Rosie over here. Rosie's a, a yeah, it's a, a fiery, fiery Rosella. Um, I'm not sure if we're legally even allowed to have her here, but I mean, it's okay because she's like Nobody. the only one in existence. Nobody watches, but, yeah. so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is backyard. And, uh, I got, uh, that's, that's my, my 13 foot Boston whaler over there that I've, I take a couple of miles out to sea and, and catch fish and hook up the neighbors and my family and, and whatnot. And, uh, I mean, you can't really see the ocean from here. Oh, you might actually be, be able to, but some, some palms and if you look out, you can actually, you can see the ocean, uh, off of the distance right behind that. That American right there. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit windy out. Uh, got the, got my folks, my mom, my mom has a green thumb, loves the garden. Um, and then, uh, you can't really see where in the valley down there is a the valley that I grew up in. And, um, when I first set up out here earlier, there was uh, every morning it missed and it would bit off and on and it started raining on me a little bit. I'm like, okay, it's going to stop. And then it stopped. And then so did the Wi-Fi. <laughs> so, so it's, it's stopping on us interview. right now. It's stopping on us right now, but it's got a great frozen oh. Matty Wong face right now. You look like hard. You're back. You are back. Um, We'll see how that all turned out, but I appreciate the tour. Okay, I appreciate the, uh, the motivation and, uh, dude, I, most yep. of all, I appreciate your heart and, um, I can't wait to uh, see what the future holds for you. Thank you, Dave. I really appreciate you having me on, man. Um, it's always a, it's always a good time talking with you and getting to work with you. And I would love, 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 love to be on again and, um, just talk story and just do what we did. 
So. Deal. Deal. We, we will do it yeah. more and more in the future. So uh, aloha, Matty Wong. Aloha, Dave. Have a great day. You too. Did I tell you it was going to be a fun one? Of course I did, and it was. And who the hell knew that LL Cool J is really taught? These are the things you learn on this uh, on this weekly, weekly show. You can find us here every Wednesday. Put a little hump back in your hump day. And speaking of having fun, happy Canada Day to all my Canadian brethren on Friday and happy 4th of July to everybody in the States. Both sides of the border are going to be having a good weekend. Lots of fireworks, lots of fun, lots of festivities. Make sure to wear your PFD. Have a good time. And um, here's the cool thing. You know how you say hello in Hawaii? Aloha. You know how you say goodbye in Hawaii? Aloha. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmaster told you to. You hear?